Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a hustler, baby. I'm a hustler, yeah. baby. I know heartbreaks, setbacks. Bitch, if I crap out, I'm sure I'ma get back. I've been through the ups and downs, you know I get around. So to me, it's all a part of the game. If I ain't the cold man or the dope man, I'm almost the show man. I gotta take it, no need to say shit. I'm gon' take it. Robberies turn homicide, it's nothing to play with. Make money, this make, make, is make Chronicles money of Power, a podcast dedicated to the world of power, where I review and break down the latest episode in the Powerverse. We are brought to you by Private Listed, your source for all things music, sports, culture, and entertainment. Now, don't be alarmed. There isn't a new episode out of Power, and there hasn't been any news about the release of Ghost or even Force. This week's episode, however, features the multi-talented Tyson Hall. We spoke about his role as Sam in Raising Canaan, as well as his love for the arts and his community engagement. He is truly a gem. After meeting him, I wish we were able to spend more time with his character on the show, but Uncle Marvin said otherwise. Hit us up on the socials. All tags and handles can be found in the episode description. I am your host, Kimi, and thank you for joining me as we get into our discussion with Mr. Tyson Hall. All right, everybody, welcome to the Power, a weekly show podcast dedicated to power, the universal power. And today we have a special guest with us. His name is Mr. Tyson Hall. He plays the character Sam in Raising Canaan. And without further ado, please introduce yourself to the crew and the guests. Hey, everybody. How y'all doing? Thank you, first and foremost, for having me. Oh, you're welcome. this platform to bring me on. I'm grateful for it. My name is Tyson Hall, actor, artist, entrepreneur, educator, real estate agent. (laughs) (laughs) Everything. Wellness motivator, speaker. (laughs) We can keep going. (laughs) Okay, so Tyson is going to be spending some time with us today. He'll help us break down his character in power in Raising Canaan. And if you guys uh, have any additional questions for Tyson, maybe we can get them in for you. But I did take a poll of some questions from uh, people on my IG. And the main question that people had for you, and I just want to get this question out the way now, is... Mm -hmm. Why you got off the bus, Sam? Oh my God. That is, that is <laughs> Sam, one why, why you, why you got off the bus? Because we can't understand. You had a grip of money. You was ready to go. You got your $10 from D-Tech, uh-huh. right? <laughs> from uh-huh. Kadumbo. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then Marvin came over the top and gave you a nice little stash. So please tell us why you got off the bus and then we can move on and get into more about you. Well, that is that is the number one question. <laughs> I mean, like, I can't go without have that question being asked to me. It was the money. <laughs> you can't give a crack. If you think about it, I've been getting $10 here. Mm-hmm. $5 here, $20 here, Mark, put $5,000 in my hand. <laughs> and you think I'm going to ride on the bus all the way to Atlanta? It won't happen. <laughs> it won't happen. But, and Marvin even says to you, the, the character Marvin says to you, you know, I know that giving this to you is not the best idea. But mm-hmm. you know what I, I have a question about with um, Sam? Did you develop any of Sam's characteristics from someone that you knew? Or did you just do all of that by yourself? Mm-hmm. Well, or... Did they did they give you direction to do this, mm-hmm. or was it something that you just made up on your own? Um, growing up in the era, mm-hmm. you know, it was very prevalent 
and it was very real for me, these individuals who were addicted to crack cocaine. Mm -hmm. um, I'm talking about from like family members to neighborhood friends and just people all the way around. It was, it was very real. You know, it wasn't something that I had to like do a lot of research on because I was very present and very familiar with these type of individuals. You know, not that I smoke crack myself, but they were around me. Um, so it was a matter of just really drawing off of what I had seen and, and encountered and experienced um, from that time and just really culminating uh, a sense of all of it and bringing it to life through Sam. Do you still see mm -hmm. a lot of addicts? Yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, you can go to 125th Street right now, Lenox Avenue, and you got the methadone clinic on 124th. Like, it was so crazy. About two weeks ago, I was crossing the street in Harlem, and a dude was standing right on the corner, broad daylight, mm -hmm. just smoking the crack pipe. He had a crack pipe in his hand, like just standing there like if he wasn't, like no one not else. Like nothing, like no worries, no care, no concern at all. Uh, so it's, it's still real. You and, know. And, you know, so for everyone who's listening, because our podcast, uh, we have a bigger audience within the UK. Mm -hmm. um, but for right now, uh, we are recording in New York. Uh, and Tyson is talking about an area in Harlem in Manhattan, New York. And he's saying that out there, you can still see these things. And I think one of the things that I said in episode nine of the podcast when we were discussing episode 209 of Raising Canaan is how authentic you were. Mm -hmm. So like, for instance, even just your walk, like when you, when you came and you were like doing a little bop, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I don't want to call it the crackhead bop, but you know, a little, <laughs> little crackhead bop where you come and a trench coat. I said, yeah. yo, he had to have seen somebody do this. Like, yeah. because that's how they look. In my hood, like mm -hmm. when they come through, especially like mm -hmm. now they don't, uh, what I've noticed is they've moved to the intersections, mm -hmm. right? So they don't stay on the sidewalk and just do this anymore. Mm -hmm. They like either are in the actual intersection, like asking mm -hmm. for money or doing what it is that they, they need to get their high. Mm -hmm. But I, watching you bring that character to life, it, it kind of hurt my heart, mm -hmm. right? Because I wish that they would have given us because the show was set in 1991. Mm -hmm. I wish that they would have given us this grace that we see that white people are getting mm -hmm. because now we call it an opioid addiction, mm -hmm. right? And at that mm -hmm. time, there was no help. There mm -hmm. was no, oh, this is an addiction. This is a problem. This was just, let's criminalize it. Mm -hmm. Let's send these people to jail. Not thinking mm -hmm. that these people are human and that there is an addiction factor to mm -hmm. it. And one of the things that I like about Raising Canaan is that we are able to see an addict's point of view mm -hmm. and how the addiction essentially messed up his life, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because we find out in right before your death scene that you worked for Price Waterhouse. And for those of you who don't know, Price Waterhouse is a huge accounting firm. Mm -hmm. And Sam used to work there, had his own cubicle and right. everything. everything. Yeah, they used to trust <laughs> they had me with the money. money. <laughs> <laughs> but how many people do we know that that happened to and that who, who weren't able to tell the mm -hmm. tale? Right. And I think that you did a wonderful job Thank in you. bringing that to life Thank you. and telling and telling other people like, hey, these people were human mm -hmm. and they didn't need to be jailed for having mm -hmm. an addiction. They, mm -hmm. they needed help. Right. And unfortunately, right. I wish 
I know that this is something that we should say at the end of the interview, right? Or when you're mm. leaving. Like, I wish that we were able to expand on your character just a mm. little bit mm-hmm. more. Because mm-hmm. once I heard that you worked with Pricewaterhouse, I was like, oh my gosh, right. there's so they could have went tell so me more. many. Yeah. Tell, me tell me more. Like, yeah. why are we tell? Why are we yeah. finding out about this as about as right, Marvin right. is about the, to pull the, the trigger? His demise, right? <laughs> his demise. We find out more about him. Exactly. But, so mm-hmm. I guess I'll I'll pull back a little bit and I'll ask. Mm-hmm. the regular questions like mm-hmm. how did you get your start mm-hmm. in acting what what mm-hmm. did you do to were you, well, were you always an actor or did you do other things prior to this my my initial answer is i've been acting all my life there we go because it's um it's a life study mm-hmm. and um i thought modeling was going to be my lane mm-hmm. cuz i was always fashion oriented <laughs> always the one that would you know I do see. something different cuz that's yeah. that's some nice dungarees you got yeah, on over yeah, there Tyson. and i designed this this myself so oh so, yeah, you see this is my own design oh, all right yeah, you got that japanese kind. denim I yeah, see. yeah 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 i'm doing it like that <laughs> so okay. i thought fashion was going to be my lane and like you know um Actually, it was my mother who told me about the backstage newspaper. Mm-hmm. And um, I did this photo shoot. I used to have a bald head, these dark Ray-Ban glasses on. And I picked up the backstage, and there was a call for, like, four thugs. And so I sent for this movie, mm-hmm. Independent. I sent my headshot in, you mm-hmm. know. I got called into the casting because of the look. Mm-hmm. The look was perfect. So they took four dudes out to Williamsburg, Brooklyn at night to shoot the actual scene. So the director walks in and he gives me the script. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading it. Yo, da-da-da-da-da, what you doing in this neighborhood? And he was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> so he took the script from me. He gave it to the next dude. The next dude was like, yo, what you doing? He turned it up, mm-hmm. put on a scene. I was like, I was supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so lo and behold, that dude became the lead actor and we became his crew. Oh. for that night and I was like yo that's not gonna happen to me again never and I kind of bit the bullet from there so I've been pursuing it ever since that moment so um, tell us about some other films and shows that people can recognize you from because I know them but mm-hmm. just in case they don't uh, I worked on The Wire um, for season four and season five, mm-hmm. yes. Um, so is, I know all of that. But yeah, yeah. I'm going to just let you, I'm gonna let you tell <laughs> let them. Me, let me drop it. <laughs> and what was so interesting about that is because they shot um, one, two, and three season of The Wire. Then they canceled and they the show. they stopped it, yep. So I was like, ah, oh, that's not going to happen. And then when they brought it back is when uh, a good friend of mine is Jamie Hector, who plays Marlowe oh, Stanfield. Yeah. Like, Yo, Todd, they looking for New York heads, so get your stuff down there. Get I was yours. like, I right, done. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and um, I was able to work on that. I worked on Law & Order with Ice-T. Um, I did Boardwalk Empire oh, yeah. at HBO. Mm-hmm. Um, rest in peace, work with Michael, Michael K. Williams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And me and him actually worked on two projects together. We did an independent film called A Kiss of Chaos mm-hmm. as well. So um, I had the privilege of working with him um godfather of harlem mm-hmm. they brought me in for that on season one and i did another movie called pimp with uh dmx oh and Kiki yeah Palmer. yeah so and anjanu she's i mean oh, I she's chance. amazing oh. oh my gosh you know what what i wish you were in with mm-hmm. anjanu Get, which one you know what it is no on hbo max well hbo at the time mm-hmm. uh what's the name of the show with uh, Anjanou, it was, um, and Journey, what is the name of it? 
I hate that I'm drawing a blank on mm. this right now, but it was a really good show. She's um, amazing. Oh my gosh. She's amazing. And they made her into like a superhero and she mm. saved her daughter. Oh my gosh. Why can't I remember the name of this right It'll now? Come to you. But you but you should have definitely been mm. in that show. But I'll I'll think of it. And mm. if and if I remember it but before we finish recording, I'll mm. say it to you. Mm. But um for playing Sam in Raising Canaan, mm. do you ever fear that now because to me I don't want to say that that's your breakout role right but like that I most people are going to recognize you from that going forward and and people are probably going to start calling you Sam that's when you know that it hit right when people start calling you Sam because I I had to stop myself from calling you Sam when I saw you walking down the block we over here (laughs) Sam (laughs) Sam we here we here it's it's happening yeah do you ever fear that you're going to be typecast as Sam or Mm -hmm. okay uh, that's the least of my concerns because mm-hmm. when the other opportunities present themselves, I'm going to show out. That's what my responsibility because is. Because of what happened the last exactly. time. Exactly. you exactly. like, hey, I'm never going to do this. <laughs> right, exactly. That's been benchmarked <laughs> in my head, you know. So, yeah. Well, I, That's not a concern of mine. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. So when when you play a character, whether it's in Boardwalk Empire or it's in... Painful. Mm-hmm. He was in Painful too. Yeah, that was his yeah. first speaking role, first guys. Speaking role. She's on it. <laughs> Kimi is on it. On it. But that was his first speaking yeah. role. But with all of the characters that you play, mm-hmm. do you have to stick to the script, or are you able to make the character your own? Um, it depends on who you're working with. You know, you don't want to disrespect the writer first and foremost because mm-hmm. they are a meaningful part of the whole project. Um, and so some people allow you a little leeway to be able to operate and move a little differently. Some want you to really hold word for word. There's actually a scene in um, Raising Canaan where they're bringing, when I get released from prison, mm-hmm. from, from the holding from cell, this holding cell mm-hmm. and I'm walking down the hallway and I'm talking, that's just all me. That's all you? Oh, I was hoping, because I was going to ask you, yeah. like, some of this had yeah, to be ad-libs, yeah, right? Yeah, me, yeah, I'm just like that. So did it you, just made sense to, like, I'm not going to go quietly. They, right? You know what I mean? Like, so I, I'm not going to walk down this hall and say nothing. And say like, nothing. Say I'm going to talk his shit. <laughs> Wait, mm-hmm. so did you make up, so all of the names that you called, <laughs> so Kadumbo, was <laughs> yeah, that you? Yeah, no, the, the, the writer. <laughs> what, what about writer. AOD Tech? Who was that? Yeah, that was you or the writer? That was me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, me. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, like when I heard you say certain things, I was like, this, they can't have yeah. come up with that because the timing, first of all, your timing, because it was funny, mm-hmm. one, so, and you have to have a little bit of comedic timing when you're an mm-hmm. actor, right? Because you got to know mm-hmm. how to hit it. Mm-hmm. But when you said AOD Tech, mm-hmm. I was crying. And then the, the scene with Marvin, when you bang it on the, when we, because this is like the first one where, because you, let me see. Sam started in season one, season one episode mm-hmm. one ten, right? Yes. Because you were the one. Were you the one who yelled out, "They shooting"? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know you how I knew attention. it was that voice, yeah, you're right. but you're, I heard someone say, "They shooting" yeah. <laughs> in the background, and they didn't show your face. No. <laughs> so, no, but no. then I think the next time we see you is when Marvin is wrapping up the body, and you're mm-hmm. trying to get him yeah, to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. to pay and that that was the bop that i was talking about i was like when y'all see him walk on the screen yeah. <laughs> but i love what you added to the character for mm-hmm. whatever it is that they wrote for you i feel mm-hmm. like you made it your own because yeah. you you it seemed like the most authentic uh 
addict or dope fiend that I've ever mm. seen on TV. I know a lot of people, they reference Halle Berry or they even mm. reference Samuel L. Jackson, Sam Jackson right? Yeah, when yeah. In Jungle Fever. Mm. Uh, what was his character's name? Gator. 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 Right? Mm-hmm. But, um, and I, Bubbles from The Wire. Yeah, you know what? Andre A lot Royal. of people don't bring up Bubbles, but I yes. Do. Nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you bet. People dude. should. He's yeah, he did dude. a really great yeah. job. Yeah. But uh, sometimes I feel like we don't, we don't give people the credit that they need for bringing these characters mm-hmm. to life. And I'm mm-hmm. glad that we're able to do that with you. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. But some other questions that I had about power, besides why you got off the bus, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. is how do you feel your character, even though you are, you, because they list you as a recurring character, mm-hmm. right? So do you feel that your character was giving enough room to grow in the episodes that he was on? Like, do you feel like his, we have closure from his character, from Sam being on the show? I feel there's a lot more that could have come from Sam mm-hmm. and even one of the producers himself he um he mentioned how he wished he would have done some things differently mm-hmm. to just kind of expand just because nobody knew what I was bringing mm-hmm. in regards to the recurring aspect it's the reason why I even took the audition mm-hmm. because I was like okay me and my representation my management Ali Robeson was like are we gonna go at this again you know because of what I did with Godfather Harlem mm-hmm. and the only hook was it was recurring Oh, so, so then, that made it more like, all right, you'll be able to flesh, flesh the character out. out a little bit more than just a day player situation and you move. You know what I mean? So I think the reason why I asked that, right, is because for two for two reasons. One, what I said earlier, that we find out more about you right before mm-hmm. you're about to die. And then, like, I kind of felt like something was cut. Like, I guess my question here is, were there scenes that happened that didn't make it to the show because I felt like you kind of, in terms of you being the one to see Kanan pull mm-hmm. the trigger for Howard, right? Like, was there anything that we missed that they didn't put in the show that we, that we didn't see? Because I, I wasn't sure. Here's what was missing for me. I wasn't sure if Sam knew the connection between Kanan and Marvin. Mm-hmm. Did he know that Kanan was Marvin's nephew? Mm-hmm. Did did Sam even know why he had to leave town? Did he know that Kanan was Rock's son? Mm-hmm. Because that's why I'm like, how come we don't see a connection here? Or, or just we just know, is it that we just know that Sam is someone from the neighborhood and that's it? Mm-hmm. Did they give you any background on that? No. There was no. everything that, that you saw that's is it. all that was shot. You know, really? And so I think that's, you know, when the producer did make that remark, it was in lieu of what you just said. Oh. Like, we could go so many different directions with this individual. And I think people really didn't expect what came from what I brought to Sam to be what it was and to identify with how pivotal um, and pertinent it could be to the overall situation. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? As far as getting this crackhead's perspective. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, that, that kind of bothers Sam, me a little bit. Yeah, because, <laughs> you know, I mean, Sam is, Sam is, he's an older, a older gentleman. You know, mm-hmm. he's an OG in the hood. So he's good in the hood. Like, he knows the ins and outs. He knows what's going on. You know, like, somebody else made a reference to the fact that when I knocked on the door, I called Marv and Marv. Like, you know, like, like, you like knew we him. had history mm-hmm. before, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, you know, I could, I could relate with Rock, who Rock really had the baby from. 
Oh. You know what I'm like, if you let me tell it, mm-hmm. like, I could go through the whole situation, you know. I have so many questions about that person. Uh-huh. I, I hope that they flesh it out in uh-huh. later seasons. So, do mm-hmm. you watch all of the other power shows, or I were do. you a fan of... I do, yeah. I mean, from its inception, you know, I, I was tuned in, you know. I had the opportunity to work with Joseph Sephora, Tommy, mm-hmm. Egan. We did a stage reading for a piece, and I got a chance to meet him. Outside of everything, oh, yeah, outside okay, of okay. everything, and um, a real cool dude. And when you know, when his show took off, I was tuned in. I mean, I love his performance, his work, you know. So, I'm a fan of the whole of all of universe. Hmm. So, then can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. And that's what that's we're what we're here for. Here for. <laughs> How do you feel about the white actors in the show using the n word? Um. It's interesting because I have a I have a friend, um, white dude, and he hangs out with us. He is just so like one of the brothers, and we were joking. I was like, "Go ahead, just say it. Just I'm talking to you. Just say it. Just go ahead. I'm gonna give you a pass today, tonight, <laughs> just because we." Um, Let's make it's a, a double-edged sword. It's it, it, like for me, it just it's like it's one of those things where like you know we get permission to use it however we want to, um, but then if somebody else says it, we're offended by it. Right, um, I had a student, white student. He was like, "We don't talk like that around each other. About we don't use the word nigger amongst us to identify with who you people are." So um, you I don't people. know how I feel. Not you people. I mean, <laughs> I mean yeah, he said that. Not right, you. right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, it, it, it. I don't know. I'm, that's that's a good question, but it, it doesn't. It's it's real interesting. I have to really sit back. I don't really pay attention to it, to be honest with you. You know, um, I guess because it comes out so easy from us. I don't really. Well, I was talking about the. So they had Italian. They had like a an, a, a mob subplot, mm-hmm. right? And that's okay, who yeah. came over. And, yeah. and then they had. I think their names were Jimmy mm-hmm. and. Donnie, Jimmy, mm-hmm. and whoever, mm-hmm. and one of them uses the N word with the E R. Mm-hmm. And is it that we're making a distinction because they're acting and they can say it, or is it okay just because it's film? Or because I think I have a gripe mm-hmm. with them saying this, okay. right? Whether it's with an A or whether it's with the E R, and mm-hmm. because it's a period piece, mm-hmm. only because. This is not the first time that we've had to broach this issue because mm-hmm. I've heard actors like Denzel Washington get upset with people like Scorsese or mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino mm-hmm. in terms of their usage of the word within their film. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder, like, as a black man, do you take umbrage or do you have issue with seeing actors, white actors mm-hmm. specifically, say that or use it or writers putting it in the script for them to use it without... J- just use it all willy nilly. I I'm a, I'm a, I got a better answer than my last one. Um, and you brought up the Italians. Um, I hear the authenticity of it in the way they say it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it was a term that was a label that was put upon us, as far as identifying us in a certain kind of way. So when I do hear them saying it, it's like, yeah, I would expect them to say that. You know, that's how they identify us, so that's how they would talk about us. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I feel about it? Obviously, I don't like it. 
but it's a reality. And it's the truth. Like, you know, that's what you see us as. Because what is a nigga? A nigga is one-third of a human being, right? That means you're less than human. That's what the, the actual, like, breakdown of it is. Mm-hmm. So that's how we're sought after in this country. That's how we're looked at as less than a human. So all of the other things, like you brought up, the crack epidemic and what that did, why would somebody with a grandma crack spend more time in jail than somebody with a grandma coke? Mm-hmm. Right, because mm-hmm. coke is a white person's drug, Precisely. right? Per se, mm-hmm. but we'll find crack in the hood, so you'll do more time because you have this substance. So all of this stuff is predestined and and, and like kind of predetermined. You know, it's not an opioid epidemic, right? At I that mean, time, no. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. you, you you a crackhead, so you get treated like that. So that standard is a part of the fabric of this country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because everything is ingrained in us for us. There are systemic issues and institutional issues mm-hmm. in the countries that are inherent in how we look at each other, mm-hmm. in how we treat each other, and how we humanize mm-hmm. each other. Um, wh- that That's why I keep saying I want to keep drawing on the fact like, hey, they made Sam into a human. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it happened so late that mm-hmm. we couldn't even right. appreciate it. But in terms of humanizing people, I want to mm-hmm. continue to do that. For you as an actor mm-hmm. and as an artist. So I want you to tell the people other things that you do. Because you did say when you were introducing yourself that mm-hmm. you were not only an actor, mm-hmm. you were also an educator. Yes. And that you also are an artist. Mm-hmm. So please tell us some of the other things yes. that you do. Yes. I, I, I'm, I'm a creative. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I like to create. I'm a fine arts painter as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up like in the hip-hop culture and doing graffiti was one of those things and for years um i didn't know what to do with myself and i i would just draw on news on tissue paper and throw it away and i saw the movie basquiat with jeffrey wright nice and um i said let me try this painting thing Mm -hmm. and i went and bought two eight by ten pieces of canvas and painted something and i loved it i was like this is therapeutic it feels good (laughs) So I bought a bigger piece of canvas and came up with an idea and put it on that. And I sold that third painting for like $500. Oh, you gave big money, Sam. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Sam, you know, (laughs) Sam Sam doing what he does. And Sam so, went to Pearl Paint. Yeah, up right. Two, two <laughs> like, ten. Oh, this is what we're doing <laughs> this here. Is what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, that money paid for me to go pursue um, going to California. Um, really? Uh, Wait, how long ago was that? I'm going to age myself. We're talking about okay. like 94 something like that yeah because $500 and you was that able was to go to Cali yeah, That's, yeah, yeah, yeah you took know, a plane it, it added, or you drove yeah. you know <laughs> the price of things were a lot gas was cheaper gas was cheaper <laughs> everything was cheaper I'm like how you got there for $500 yeah you know so um, it was that kind of thing so painting and art is one of my big like I'm gearing, getting ready to gear up to go to Art Basel um, in Miami which mm. is one of the largest art shows that exist and so I'll be curating and, and exhibiting some work down there again. You hear that, people? That's called depth. Yeah. Right? Uh, layers. <laughs> layers. Okay. <laughs> he don't just play Sam, y'all. Nah, he can no. paint. Yeah, <laughs> he teaches that. people how to act. Yeah, yeah I, work for, I work with an organization called Moving Mountains, mm-hmm. based here in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. um, founded by Jamie Hector and Allie Robeson. Ooh. Yeah, and we teach the youth how to act. We teach them how to sing, dance, the whole nine yards. So, what schools do you work in? Um, 
Um, this summer I worked in MS61, which is a middle school. Mm-hmm. And then I also worked at um, Art art and Engineering, which was right here in Claremont. That was a high school. But I go throughout different schools throughout the year um, and teach in different locations, through Boys Club, things of that nature. Like, What age ranges do you... I prefer older. You know, what's older? Like, like I'm talking 11? about like, like, yeah, I'm talking about like from anywhere from 15 to 20. Oh, or, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. The organization works with nine to 13, moving mm-hmm. mountains, and then I teach the older 13 to 20. Do you? So, what kind of? If someone wanted to enroll their children in it, do you? Do you guys have like specific schools that you go through throughout the year, or do you just partner with different schools? We partner with different schools. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We actually looking for another hub for ourselves, another house for ourselves to be able to. We like we were teaching out of our Mega Everts in the back on Carroll Street, and that was our that was our house. But since the pandemic, you know, shut it, down, so now we're looking for an actual building. Oh, yeah. okay. How long were you guys working out of Mega Evers? Since its inception, uh, maybe, or you know, maybe about ten years or so? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've watched students, younger students, actually now grow, and now they're actually teaching. So the whole give back aspect is embedded. And the name of that organization again is called Moving Mountains. Ooh, all yeah. right, so keep keep a lookout for that, just in mm-hmm. case you got, you guys want to enroll your kids in some acting classes, exactly, because they'll exactly. be learning from the best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all righty, so I have some more power questions for you mm-hmm. because we we're gonna try to get you out of here in a nice, uh, respectable time. Okay, I'm not in a rush. I, <laughs> I, I cut my day off for this. All right, I'm okay, here. Okay. Let's rock. All right, so. <laughs> If you, because you told me that you watch Power, right? And you mm-hmm. said that you like Tommy's show, Joseph Sakura's show, who mm-hmm. plays Tommy. If you had to pick three characters from the Power universe, doesn't have to be just from Raising Canaan, mm-hmm. who would you want to go to dinner with and why? Good question. Um, I would say 50. Yeah, I would go. I would go with Fifty Cent. Mm-hmm. So and, give um, me two more. So Fifty. So remember, we had because remember, you just told me you was gonna be at Art Basel and you curating a whole dinner. Yeah. So we gotta have, we gotta fill up the table. So we got Fifty. We yeah. got Tyson. Who yeah, else we got? I would sit at the table with Fifty. I would also want to sit at the table. I would put Joseph on the table. Mm-hmm. Tommy. He All right. So that's two. One yeah, more. I got one more. Mm-hmm. Um, um, a person I would also want to talk more is Omar Epps. Oh, ah, yeah, yeah. why? Um, he just dropped a book, and um, it's a children's book, mm-hmm. and I love that aspect of it. So I would want to build with him about that process and what that was like, and um, how I could take that book and um, actually push it and help him with his efforts. Oh, look at this! Mm-hmm. Tyson just out here helping everybody. I'm trying help to get the a teardrop. I'm trying to get the teardrop. <laughs> Okay. And then why would you pick 50? 50 just for his business acrimen and to see if we can, some other projects that I'm working on and in development could be brought to the table. So do you write as well? I direct and I produce. Um, I conceptualize and then I bring in writers to flesh it out more. I have a short film that I, well, I actually have two short films that I did and one that's a rough cut being edited right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have another short film after this that I'm going to shoot with the intention of being able to continue to learn that aspect and build up my resume on the producing and directing side 
to then go into feature length projects. What what can we say the name of it or no? The short film, well, mm-hmm. the one that's being edited the one that's the one is called Say Yes. Say Yes, Say and yes. who's do you have any names in it yet? My students, no big names. No big, no, yeah, no, yeah. no. big my, up your students. Yeah, yeah, no, no. question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, Jamie, homegirl, <laughs> Chikai. There we go, Jamie. Shout y'all out. Yeah, big J, JCL. From, <laughs> they all in here. He got a podcast too, Set the Tone Podcast. My man, Jamie, yeah. All right, gonna, we ain't say all of that now. Right, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> each one, teach one. <laughs> yeah. Hold on now. Y'all was just giving me... You ain't gonna get crazy <laughs> with it. I'm just kidding. You can say everybody's podcast. Yeah, that's, no. that's actually how people find you by saying other people's podcasts yeah. in your own podcast yeah, that's yeah. how uh the analytics of it or the mm-hmm. algorithm like, they'll pick it up right they'll right. pick it up and it, they'll start suggesting your show mm-hmm. because other people listen to it so yeah, i don't mind saying any of podcasts i was just joking cross guys just yeah because they'll, they'll suggest you yeah. so then uh, here here's what i'll say mm-hmm. you teach mm-hmm. you act you big up other people I and do. you want to include everyone. Is there anything... Not everyone, but a lot of <laughs> well, people. <laughs> oh, okay, well then tell me why we don't want to include everyone. Because everybody's not meant to be brought to the table. That's right! I'm going to be honest. That's right! <laughs> <laughs> and tell them why they're not able to be Listen, brought to the table. Because they hate us. You're not worthy. <laughs> <laughs> you are not worthy. <laughs> well, why aren't they worthy? Um, I mean, you know... I look at it like... In a simple way of putting it... it, it it's like good and bad. And some people have good intentions and some people have bad intentions you know so you know if you're not operating or your vibe ain't right then yeah you're not worthy have you had anyone treat you funny since since this or since not since raising canaan but let's say let's go back a little bit so when for your first speaking role was in paid in full Mm -hmm. now after people that you've already known and they start seeing you more in these films or in these shows Mm -hmm. do does anyone treat you funny whether it be actor or personal people in your personal life do they treat you funny now that you have have this success i've seen people change in their ways you know throughout like in terms of how they operate and conduct themselves around me or or with me Mm -hmm. um a lot of times you know you'll get I guess so many strangers give accolades, mm-hmm. like, you know, a recognition mm-hmm. and, and, and commend oh, the work, a you know, job. yeah, strangers, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? And then some of the people who are the closest to you. They don't say anything. They're mom. Quiet, you know, and that's acting funny. You know? I think that that's a part of the game though, right? Yeah, you got to take it. I don't, I don't mind. I mean, I'm, I'm built for it. You know, I've had people do shady stuff all Give the time. me an example. <sighs> Where do I start? There's so many. Um, I had a dude that I grew up with, childhood mm-hmm. friend, mm-hmm. knew nothing about the business. We got reconnected again. He sought me out, found him. It's like, yo, I'm trying to get into something. I said, all right, boom, let's go. So I start introducing him to this world, mm-hmm. you know, independent films and screenings and navigating, coming to my class. I was teaching my own class, too, mm-hmm. in that building. So we put a concept on the table. This is when, like, web series became, like, the thing. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, all right, boom, we'll rock this. And with me, like I have my own program, my own organization called Soul Media Plus that I run. And I was teaching, and the idea behind why I was doing it was to create a troupe. Mm-hmm. And with the troupe, we all work together. Mm-hmm. So and like then, an acting troupe? Yes. Okay. And it was a model that Spike used, Tyler Perry used. Like you take your people and you grow and you build. Right. You do stage, you do film together collectively. So I said, okay, this is the goal. 
this dude partnered up with two Caucasian fellas. <laughs> right? I'm going to keep it funky. Yo, the fact that you said Caucasian. Yeah. <laughs> now, mind you, I'm, run, I'm running, I got this whole room locked down. Mm-hmm. Solid 20 actors in rotation. Mm-hmm. And, and it took I'm, you some time to build this up. It took me time to build it up. I got talent in the building. I got advanced and I got beginners. Mm-hmm. You know, But we all rocking and we all familiar. Two Caucasian cats come through from him. All right. They could be in the building, but they got to sit down now. When it's time to sit down. Mm-hmm. He gave them top billing, took the concept, took the idea of the project and went with them and ran with it. Yeah. What? Crush me. I was like, you got to be kidding me right now. And I mean, we had this whole thing. I With the class, we had did a play together. Mm-hmm. All right, A friend of mine I ran into, Rocky, playwright, amazing. She said, yo, I'm, I got this play that I wrote. And I said, come to the class. If you find any talent in there, you know, pull it and go. I thought maybe one or two people would be eligible. The whole class made it to the stage at the Oberian Theater in Harlem. I mean, students who never performed before. This was their first time. And the play was amazing. So this was a, a an example of what I was showing him and everybody else. This is what we're doing. Let's keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Nope. So what did that teach you? Everybody's not worthy. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> you can't bring everybody can't bring to the everybody. table. Yeah, you can't bring everybody to so the table. So how do you distinguish who's worthy or not? Like how? Like for instance, you decided to come on this podcast, mm-hmm. right? How mm-hmm. did you know that this was the right outlet for you? How do you know going forward? who you're going to work with, from who has your best intentions Mm -hmm. at heart. How do you know? I saw, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. I saw the quality of what you were doing and the the consistency (laughs) to it. Mm -hmm. Thank Um, you. Yeah, and and that thing. Um, And then going forward, like, you know, your radar has become a little bit sharper with more experiences, Mm -hmm. um, so you can gauge people a little bit uh, differently. Um, but really, it's a it's a very it's a scaling process. Like it's some people who I don't even accept on Instagram. Huh. You know what I mean? Like I, I just if I if I don't feel good about what I see or you know what you're putting out, like people who don't put no pictures out but then want to be friends of me and be like being able to see all that I'm doing, but I don't see nothing that you're doing. Like I'm not like what are we doing here? You know, what oh, I mean? you it's, got this social media game locked up because me, I'm just like. Because I just made my account unprivate just because mm-hmm. of this. Right, what you're doing. Because of what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. it is the most harrowing experience I've ever been through in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I can't, mm-hmm. like, the the messages that I get are mm-hmm. disgusting. Crazy. <laughs> crazy. Right? And, like, I, it becomes, like, social media is a job. And I would, I would guess that in your profession, this is something that, do you have people who actually work your social media for you or do you do it all yourself i handled it myself now yeah i handled it myself how how is that going because it's it's interesting it's interesting like i said i i have to have my own radars for things that work for me and things that don't like what i just the example i just gave you Mm -hmm. so i feel it's important for me to understand and learn it and then bring in somebody when if it gets to that you Mm -hmm. know what i mean so i need to do the groundwork myself that's where I'm at with it. Um, but I'm still navigating and learning it. You know what I mean? Are they telling you that you need to post more, that you have to put yourself out there more? Like, for instance, your management, are they telling you that you need to be on social media more? No, but I realize the value in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, again, this is where, you know, I make the decision to post more more frequently. But then I'm also cognizant of what I do post. 
Okay. Like you go to my page, you don't see none of my children. Me either. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, you nah, that's 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 that. I never forget because I do real estate too. I'm a licensed. Oh wait, you were telling agency. the truth yeah, when you I said meant that. that. Yeah, I, I meant that. I am, right, and I'll so. never forget. I was at a workshop, right? Mm -hmm. And and the guy who was heading the workshop, an older man, really stellar, really grounded in what he was doing. He had years in the game, and he said, he said, be mindful of what you're putting on social media, especially when it comes to your children. Mm -hmm. And he said, um, he gave an example. And he said, um, if you have your kids posted up and you're out at a restaurant and you have a drink with the umbrella in it and showing what everybody's eating and this, that, and the third, he said it becomes easier for uh, a kidnapper or a stranger to be like, yo, you guys were at so-and-so restaurant last night and your dad had the drink with the umbrella. He told me that, you know, he's in trouble right now. He needs you to come with me. I, it's things like that that you don't think of but will wrap you up and you know have you gone like I, I know another dude who had a kid his his son was on his page and his son had on like was doing flips on the bed mm -hmm. but his son had like a t-shirt on like his underpants you know what I mean and I'm like are you kidding me this is a pedophile's <laughs> dream dream you know what I mean like oh he gonna gosh. watch again 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 so you really have to be cognizant of how you using these platforms, you know what I mean? And what mm -hmm. you're exposing to the world about you and your family. So I try to be very mindful of that. So I handle my own. I, I, I like that. I like that you handle your own. I like that you're in control of it. And I like that you are, that you're cognizant of what you're putting out there. Mm -hmm. Also, um, for your upcoming roles. So mm -hmm. I know that we're not going to see you on Raising Canaan anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cry, dry your eyes. <laughs> Here comes your mother with those two little, little guys. guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, what can we look forward to seeing you in now, coming um, up? The Godfather of Harlem, season three. Okay. Um, That's on Epics? Yes. Okay. Yes. So look um, for him on Epics, guys. Forrest Whitaker. With Forrest Whitaker. How is it working with Forrest Whitaker? It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Forrest is on the set, you know, but just. Um, His energy must be insane. You just feel like, oh, this history and this. And like, intense. Just, oh, it's, it's okay. amazing. Um, right. So, yeah, Godfather of Harlem. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I shot an uh, independent project. Um, that will be being released called Sing Sing, and it's about the uh, parole board and what goes on inside facility, uh, institute, prison facility, and a theatrical program. Let me not give it away. That's in the. All oh, right, all right. So we, yeah, so yeah, yeah, we gotta yeah, look yeah. out for Sing Sing yeah, and yeah. Godfather, Godfather of Harlem. Harlem three. Yeah. And okay, so I'm gonna do like word association with you, and then you know we'll okay. wrap up. So right. I'm gonna say some names, and I want mm -hmm. you to say the first thing that pops first in your mind. <laughs> Mayor Eric Adams. Um, come on, brother, make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure he'll be at the next Raising Canaan premiere or whatever yeah, premiere is yeah, coming on. Yeah. Um, I, I was gonna say Forrest Whitaker, but we'll we'll, we'll skip him um, yeah. because we already did him. So yeah. Rock. Anyway. Amazing, beyond amazing. Canaan. 
My little brother. Marv. The homie. <laughs> How was he in real life? Yo, he's cool as a fan. Like, he from the West Coast and I'm from the East. And he, um, you know, we had some really, and he does comedy, mm-hmm. you know, so he, so he, but he was a cool dude. I feel like I really um, earned his respect as an actor. You know what I mean? Like, because you, know, you guys play well. Yeah, each other. yeah, 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 and I really have a respect for him, um, you know, his ability and his commitment as an actor. So yeah, a lot okay. of respect. One home. more, Trump. Damn, you still around? Like, I, I say that I, because of the comments he made last week about drug dealers giving them the death penalty. I I don't even know why we still hearing from this man. Me. Either. I thought, you know, I'm gonna be honest with you. Like when when he said, when when the tape came out, when he said he he was grabbing crotches, <laughs> I thought that was it for him. You put that so nicely. Shorty said he was grabbing bitches by the pussy. That's what he said. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, <laughs> like you know he, what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, they're like, we still you had a, and then you win, and then he won, and then like, how many votes did he get? Seventy six million, or was it seventy seven? Either seventy six million people in America still voted for him. Granted, he lost, but still seventy six million after all of the that's things a, that we heard about him, all okay. of the things like, that we saw. Ran in his crib, and he talking about he's still running again, and now he's still. I mean, this 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 dude is like Teflon Don. That's exactly who he is, right? You know. Well, Tyson, thank you so much for hanging with us today. I had a wonderful time getting Likewise. to know you, and I hope that you can come back again. <laughs> yeah. I, maybe for a different show, but we'll see. I know that you're not going to be in the powerverse anymore. Don't cry. But... Dry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a wonderful time talking to you, and I hope that we are able to keep in contact and we're able to connect. If you guys have any additional questions for Tyson, I can try to dial him up and get mm-hmm. see if I can get him to answer for you guys but honestly the main question was why you got off the bus but we already covered it we already covered it i want to thank you again for your time i had a wonderful time talking to you and meeting with you and Mm. that is it for us thank you for having me once again for real continued success for all that you do thank you i'll be back to you you'll be back you better i'll be back i'll be back (laughs) all righty thank you i know heartbreaks Setbacks, bitch. If I crap out, I'm sure I'ma get back. I've been through the ups and downs, you know I get around. So to me, it's all a part of the game. If I ain't the cold man or the dope man, I'm almost the show man. I gotta take it, no need to say shit. I'm gon' take it. Robberies turn homicide, it's nothing to play with. Make money, make, make, make money. When shit hit the fan, we'll take money. Southside, be with the best of them. Done shot at the best of them. Yeah, checks I'm collecting them. Check.